Leave your fear of the unknown And leave the planet you call home Leave all the thoughts you think you know It's time to let them go Stars and dip your toes in the valley of Mars. Celestial storm in my backyard, and the universe explodes. Let's see how fast our hearts can go. Cause you and I could be that comet in the sky if we hold our breath. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. Uh, the last two shows we've given to Joy Garner's Control Group Project, and we had her on first, and then her with Dr. Doug Holstead, who was doing some amazing work that we covered last week. And today we have the privilege of having the attorney Greg Glazer on, who I don't, I almost never read short bios, but the one that he sent me is so concise and, and uh, accurate and well done that I thought I'd read part of it. And it turns out that I had been in touch with Greg about five years ago. I don't remember if uh, Greg was actually on the show or not, but we talked about the, the great work that was being done by his group, Physicians for Informed Consent, or the group that he's been representing. And uh, they're still doing incredible work. So I want to just read a couple of pieces from his bio. Greg Glazer is a health freedom lawyer in California. As counsel for America's frontline doctors, Greg is suing the University of California for mandating COVID-19 vaccines upon college students or for college students. He is also the head counsel, lead counsel for the control group, a pilot survey of unvaccinated Americans who, who, Let's see. This is rubbed out on mine. Who f- looks like it's filed? Who filed a federal case? Who filed federal litigation. Federal litigation. The right to remain unvaccinated. Um, you know what we can do is I want to go into that in more detail. So rather than just read a paragraph that people may forget, I want to get some background. So because Greg, you're here for the first time, at least in recent years. Uh, let me hear some of the background that's brought you up to this point and anything salient that you want to say about your work with uh, physicians for informed consent would be great. Then we'll get into the current stuff. Thank you so much, Richard. Yes. My background is as a constitutional lawyer. I realized very quickly that we would win or lose our constitutional rights on this issue of vaccination. I realized that over 10 years ago and now today individuals are experiencing that with COVID-19 and the threats to their liberties and to their livelihood. And my work for Physicians for Informed Consent has been very clearly to educate the public that the risk of the vaccine has never been proven to be lower than the risk of the disease itself, according to the government's own data. And we produce educational documents to let people know that using the government's own sources, even the government cannot prove that its vaccines are safe. 
Right. You know, what's really amazing to me, among many other things, is that we're living in a society that accepts things as true that are so obviously false. I mean, a visitor from some more sane planet would not believe that anybody would ever fall for it. And many years ago, I was looking at the whole vaccine issue as part of a a health project, and I couldn't find any solid evidence of vaccines ever preventing disease. And it keeps coming out that that's obviously the case because they have to look at at, uh, outbreaks like the measles outbreak in Disneyland a few years ago. And most of the people who were in the so-called outbreak uh, had been vaccinated. That should seriously cause question to the whole issue. So when you're combining risks and benefits, if there aren't any benefits, it, it makes your job theoretically easier, right? That is correct. The The whole premise of vaccination is that your your body would receive this injection and that it would produce a response to the injection. And that pr- response would create antibodies as well as some form of T-cell memory. And the best way to... Um, to test whether or not the vaccine works is you look at the number of supposed cases of the vac of the disease in question after the vaccination program is implemented. And then you also look at the incidence of disease. Um, sorry, the rate of uptake for the, uh, the vaccine in question. We did this. We made charts on all of this. And what we found and what we did is we compared mortality. This is a basic and easy metric. So using the government's own data, we looked at how many people are getting the vaccine and how many people are dying from the disease. And what we found is that there is no proof that any of the vaccines ever decreased mortality. Rather, you know what vaccines did? They stole the credit from engineers, plumbers, people who really improved society. We figured out this whole infectious disease problem in the 1940s and the 1950s with good plumbing, decreased crowding in cities and supermarkets where people can buy an avocado year round. That's what saved us. Engineers, vaccines stole the credit. Yeah, that's amazing. A really basic concept. Don't uh, defecate where you drink your water. That was kind of the basic thing that saved humanity, even from the plague Import safety, etc. Yeah, most people are educated that the proof of vaccines saving the world is they eradicated polio and smallpox. <laughs> right, and everybody just memorizes that, including doctors. Right. Well, what what, uh, what we did, uh, our group, um, the control group, is we documented all of this. So we found the very best government studies and the very best um, peer-reviewed publications that show this is the government's own data that show that vaccines never saved us and we provide we provided all of this to the court federal court in the form of what's called a request for judicial notice so and whenever folks want to know or want to be able to prove to their you know their friends and family that vaccines didn't save us they can cite to our court documents because we already did all the vetting to show that uh the vaccines are clearly overbilled um, the the most that can be said is maybe they reduce about two percent of the um, uh, may, maybe they produce about a two percent benefit. That's according to one of the most seminal studies on this point from the 1970s. Um, 
then the question becomes, do vaccines injure more than 2% of the population? Absolutely, yes. The answer is yes. And we and today on this show, we'll be able to get to that evidence because the control group, our group, has produced what I believe to be the best evidence in the world that shows the actual risk of vaccination. And it is far more than 2%. It is above 60%. Right. We took what was previously a... Uh, slogan science form of, of uh, medicine or estimate of risk value. And we turned it into a number by actually doing the accounting so that we yeah. could establish a numerical risk factor associated with um, vaccine exposure at any level of exposure versus avoiding them. And uh, so with those numbers in hand, a person can think, gee, do I want a 0.01% risk of, uh, say, cancer or diabetes or heart disease by avoiding vaccines completely and taking my chances with measles or smallpox or, or I'm sorry, chickenpox. Smallpox uh, hopefully won't be around again soon. Um, or do I want to take these vaccines and uh, increase that risk up to what the national averages are now? And lifetime risk of cancer right now for the vaccine-exposed population is well over 50%. Right, Joe, I want, to inter- I want to interject something, too, with that. Even though you've been on the last two weeks of shows, just for people who tuned in the first time this time, this is a project that you conceived and originated, right? You're the yeah. person who started this. Yeah, in 2019. What, what made you think of doing that? Uh, well, I was standing on the Capitol steps at a protest, holding my sign, you know, and with all the other people. And uh, I saw uh, somebody had a really clever sign that was talking about um, something about they don't use real controls in the uh, trials. What were you protesting? Uh, Vaccine mandates, where they were basically trying to eliminate a less than 1% unvaccinated population of children in in California that attend school. Right, right, right. So they're saying we need 100% vaccination rate to achieve herd immunity, whereas years previous. Anyway, nothing they were doing made any sense. It didn't match what they were saying their goals were. It sounds like SB 277 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. it, was, it was during that one. Okay. So um, anyway, so I saw this woman's clever sign, a little meme about uh, the controls and it, an argument about why, you know, we've already reached so-called her- herd immunity with the level of vaccination that we already have in the children. So what is this? What are they actually trying to do is what popped into my head. Right. And I just started howling to a crowd that started kind of growing around me and listening to me and videoing me that they are trying to eliminate the controls because that's where the evidence is. That's where the bodies are buried. That if was they brilliant. can get away with this, then there is no way to prove that there's a difference. in Yeah. And you know, that was obvious and nobody could see it. That that's well, what they I were trying to and do. I just except suddenly, for you. Yeah. I suddenly felt this urgent, need to gather as much data as I could health data on entirely unvaccinated people of any age, like anybody I could get my hands on anywhere. So um, the next time I went to the next protest at the Capitol, I think about three weeks later, they were trying to pass another crazy ass vaccine mandate bill Mm -hmm. to really tighten the screws. Um, I showed up on the Capitol steps with a sign 
My husband put a website together. I put together the surveys and they were available to download. I also went to the printers, printed off some, and I made like this little, you know, homemade sign to hang over a little homemade booth that said the control group for a real health study. And um, then I just, I had some people kind of volunteering. Some volunteered on, on, on site. I, I mean, I couldn't even carry all this stuff, but all the other protesters, when they figured out what I was doing, they're like, hey, can I help you? And it, it was very easy to get volunteers. So that day we got, um, I think, about 100 surveys in person. And the reason it was so high that day, there were people from all over the state of California coming into the Capitol that day, a large percentage of which were not interested in vaccinating themselves or their children. So there was a high probability that I was going to have contact with with entirely unvaccinated, a high concentration of entirely unvaccinated people. Whereas in the average, you're only talking about less than one out of every 400 people that you would meet generally in in the general population, about one out of 400. So um, then it was like from there, I just, I was telling people, please put it up on your social media. And we know the internet goes national, international. Uh, and then I went on some radio shows. I went on some talk shows. I met some other kind of long-term old-timer leaders in the anti-vax movement. And they gave me some of their airtime. And uh, next thing I know, um, the the little postal mailbox pretty much every day for a while there was packed with surveys coming from all over the country. We ended up with 48 states. The two states where we did not get a sample at all are states that have had a long history now of extraordinarily draconian vaccine mandates. So So they may have gotten rid of their control groups. uh, They may have made their numbers so low in those states that it's just negligible and not even a, a relevant sample could be obtained. Okay. But um, despite all 48 other states responding in pretty good numbers, uh, those two states didn't. There were no more unvaccinated people, at least that heard about. The Do you want to admit, and boy, I've got a bad echo. I hope you guys can hear me okay. I um, can hear you fine. Okay. Um, Do you want to mention which states those are? Uh, one of them was Mississippi and the other one was, um, oh, geez, I don't have it on the top of my head. It was Iowa. (laughs) Which one was it? Iowa. It was Iowa. Okay. Uh, Okay. I hope I got the other one right. I'm just drawing a blank. Correct. Mississippi has one of the worst, uh, uh, vaccine mandates. In fact, if you do a search for who has the highest vaccination population of children, it's Mississippi is number one. Yeah. And they also just happen to have the worst health the worst health highest vaccination equals worst health and they also if if i remember right mississippi also makes it the hardest to get any kind of exemption that's correct yeah that's what we mean by draconian i think yeah 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 so so the survey just for again people that tune in now for the first time who Mm -hmm. should go back and hear the last two weeks of shows um the survey that you did was trying to get people who never had a vaccine and ask them their incidence of different diseases. Uh, basically, just ask them to describe any any health condition they list, have or list have the had. conditions. Okay, any and then, condition, and then you could compare that to what CDC said was normal. 
Right. Well, I could compare and, it to the national disease rates right. across the board when, for when everyone. When Joy brought me these, when, uh, when, I, when I was given these results and forms to look at, I recognized it. I said, this is the same procedure used by the United States Census to do their um, surveying, which sets our national health policy. So what I did, you know, I'm a lawyer, I brought it to experts, top experts, survey experts, mathematicians, doctors, and said, take a look at this, take a look at this data, take a look at these results. Does this data and did this process follow standard protocol? And are these results reliable? Every single expert I brought this to agreed. This is a standard methodology. These results are reliable and you can take this to court. Well, you said that the government uses this kind of procedure <clears throat> to set health policy, but That's correct. the procedure being valid, how did they come up with a health policy that kills everybody instead of well, they, they weren't. It depends on the data sets you're trying to obtain. So in other yeah. words, the uh, CDC or was it the NIH uh, conducted a uh, health survey of ages three to 17, uh, I believe back in 2017 or 2018, um, and what they did is they just asked, well, what's your health? They didn't ask, were you vaccinated? Which vaccines did you get? Yeah. In fact, okay. they said it would so be un- unethical. For the data. So Greg's just talking about uh, the survey procedure. Yeah. Where and that you're was just good. getting people to fill out the information. And for years, if not decades, CDC has been requested to do something like this, and yeah, they, they have been saying that it's unethical, uh, yeah. trying to divert you from the idea that you could do it retrospectively, and saying yeah. to deprive people of vaccines would be the worst thing you could do. So yeah, I mean, if you see study. someone that's, uh, you become aware that they're unvaccinated, the only protocol is immediately start injecting every everything vaccine. you can. That's right, obviously. Otherwise, you Otherwise, know, you're it's, bad. I mean, you're probably not diverse and you're racist, too. That, shut up, bigot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, um, okay, so that's the background that got you to do the study. And now mm-hmm. you did the study, and it didn't appear on the headlines in CNN and everywhere else. <laughs> Amazingly. No. Right? Because, Amazing. yeah, because we had no intention to get it on CNN. We went right into court. And yeah, it was because we know who, court. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what was the theory that you could do with it in court? Sure. The, the thing about a control group is that it's literally the best evidence on the planet to prove its point. And right. this is obvious, for example, when we look at the historical example of the control group, which is Jon Snow and cholera. And what he did was so persuasive, not because it was complex, because it was simple. Uh, there were people in England who were experiencing outbreaks of cholera, which is a waterborne disease. And it, as it turned out, all the people around one well were getting cholera, and all the people around another well were not getting cholera. So all John Snow did was he observed and calculated the people drinking from each well. He said, look, all the people drinking from well A got cholera. The people drinking from well B didn't get cholera with the exception of people who also drank from well A. Clearly the cause, not correlation, the cause is well A. That is the control group. There is no other evidence necessary to prove causation. You don't need microscopes. You don't need microbiology, any of that. The simple control group proves causation. That is the power of a control group. And in fact, a control group is also what took down big tobacco. 
And so naturally having this evidence in hand that the unvaccinated are the healthiest people on the planet, we know we have the John Snow evidence. We have the evidence to take down big tobacco. We have the evidence to take down big pharma because it's obvious. All the people drinking from well A, drinking from vaccination, have chronic illnesses. The people drinking from well B, nature, they do not have chronic illness. Right. To the tune of, we calculated 5.71%. Only 5.71% of people who are completely unvaccinated have any chronic illness whatsoever. And of those people, of that 5.71, most of them, if they do have anything at all, it's very light, maybe one allergy. And even within that subset, most of the people who have even that one thing, their mother was either vaccinated during pregnancy or they got an aluminum containing K shot, which means that once we would take out those people, we're at about 2% chronic illness. Richard, that means that these people are living in a time machine. They, these are the healthiest people on the planet. It's like going back to the 1950s when everyone was healthy. You, you would go to a school, True. no one would have a chronic illness. What's a chronic illness, right? And, and so these unvaccinated people, it's like they're living in the 50s, just healthy people. Yeah, Can remember- you imagine living on a street with 100 people and only two of them have any condition whatsoever? 98 out of 100 people just perfectly healthy? It's like utopia. Imagine that. And, and so that's the unvaccinated compared to the vaccinated group, which is everybody's got something. Everybody's got a heart disease, a cancer, a diabetes, some type, of, some type of autoimmune disorder in the schools. The children are barely functioning. It's, it's a mess. And, so, and that's the vaccinated population. And so we don't need microscopes. We don't need microbiology. Sure, it's great to have it, but you don't need it to show causation, which is why this evidence this control group evidence is absolutely damning to big pharma. And so having it in court and having it vetted by experts is the ultimate goal of the control group litigation. So did you figure out the strategy for what to do in court with this once you saw it? Was that you? Yes. Yeah. The strategy was to look at the case from the big picture, which is that all of the roads but vaccination lead to the president. The president signed the National Vaccine Program in the mm-hmm. 19, in 1963. Uh, the president is the one who enforces the vaccine program, funds it, and um, studies vaccination, reports on vaccine safety. It all comes back to the president through various departments. Sometimes it's HHS. Other times it's different departments. Some mandate, like even the military mandates vaccination. And so all of these roads, they all lead to POTUS. So naturally... We wanted to address the case to the president. And when we brought this case in federal district court, which is the lowest court um, available, mm-hmm. like it's a trial court, right. um, the trial court judge said, you cannot sue the president for um, infringing your rights because this is a political question. Um, you don't have evidence that any of your plaintiffs were injured specifically by the president. And so I'm going to kick your case out of court, which was the judge way of saying that he didn't either understand the case that we brought. Maybe he didn't mm-hmm. read it or alternatively, he did understand it, but maybe he had a bias. And we later found out that this judge um, owned hundreds of thousands of dollars in vaccine manufacturer stock. When we pointed this out to the judge, this was very recent, the judge immediately recused himself, says, well, I don't don't want to give the appearance of impropriety, so I'm going to recuse myself. And 
at that time that that happened, we were in the um, appellate courts. And the appellate court said, well, because this trial judge didn't have jurisdiction at the time, we're not going to honor his recusal. So now we're in a position of appealing to the United States Supreme Court. And that is where the case currently is. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, your point about the president is certainly right. And in fact, it was a president that signed the bill from Congress that said, if the vaccine companies kill your family, that's okay. They, they have no responsibility. And that was Reagan. Yeah, then the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act that immunized uh, pharma. So right. I've got a different take on things. And, and I'm, um, I'd love to hear uh, Greg kind of add to these things or refute them or, or whatever, comment on them uh, on, on the legal side. I mean, he's the lawyer, but I dig in there and try to learn everything I can and understand it as well. Yeah. Um, my perspective on what's happening right now nationwide is that we've got legislatures out of control, politicians um, committing criminal acts against the public uh, through prescribing drugs and injectable, unavoidably unsafe pharmaceutical drug, mm-hmm. uh, prescribing that to the general public. And they don't have a license to practice medicine. That's a criminal act in all 50 states. Clear cut. And there's no carve out exception. Well, but if you're a legislator, you can prescribe drugs to people without a license. There's no exception to it. It's like everyone's just been missing this. You're talking about any kind of mandate, right, for drugs or anything. Well, if you if you put together a bill, an act, a new law that you want to make into law and uh, it says drugs for people on it. And then you go all vote on it and uh, a body politic does not uh, have a license to practice medicine. Like Senator Pan's, Senator Pan's bills in California would be. An well, example. now he personally may well have a medical license, but the problem with that is he's not individually writing a prescription as a professional. Well, no, I'm saying he, support, he supports what you were saying because he he's, was just suggesting drafting most. Of yeah, the, but the legislature was actually doing the prescribing. Yes, collectively. And you cannot obtain a medical license for an entity or a body politic or a corporation. Um, you can uh, put together a professional corporation of doctors, but the corporation can't write a prescription to anyone. Only right. an individual doctor can legally write a prescription to somebody. And, and I want to add one thing before Greg answers that, and that's that even if they could write a prescription, they can't force you to take it without informed consent. Well, which is being violated all the time. Yeah, day. I mean, that's that's a that's a, a, a focus that everyone's been moving to throughout the years when they try to fight the vaccine mandates. And what happens is they end up against a brick wall, which is the government's compelling interest in public health. So if they just say, well, I don't want the shot and you're violating my rights by making me get it, uh, they come back with, well, it's just an infringement on those rights and those can be infringed so long as the government's claiming that there's they have a compelling interest in you know, uh, infringing on your rights. It's the greater, uh, nobody, the greater good idea. Yeah, but nobody to date has been armed with the control group evidence as they go into court 
right. in order to successfully challenge and rebut the presumption that currently exists. The presumption is that vaccines are in the public's best interest. Right. And they're not even specific about it. The courts are just kind of like, hey, all vaccines, any vaccines, it's all always good for the public. And so, therefore, the government can infringe on your rights to make you take these. That's the attitude of the courts on this. And that's and when I keep looking at these cases, I never see until Greg filed for the control group. I never see a lawyer actually saying, hey, wait a minute. Presumptions may be presumptions, but they can all be rebutted. And that is now what we're doing. We have evidence. We're challenging that presumption and we're going to defeat it. This rebuttal must be heard. Indeed. Yeah, the it, it's such a key point that Joy's raising here, which is that we have numbers. We actually calculated the risk of vaccination and no other case has done that. Said we will show you what the risk of measles is and we will compare it to the risk of being vaccinated with the MMR. And we do it for all of the vaccines. We have and, and we use the government's data, we use our independent data, and every single metric that we use shows the same conclusion, which is that the vaccine is always the worst choice. And in the case of uh, vaccination at any level, meaning doesn't matter if you get the full schedule or if you can just get a couple vaccines, no matter what your exposure is, you're always worse off, regardless of which vaccine we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so that key metric, that, that, that data is what changes things because now the government cannot rely on its presumption of safety and our causes of action in our federal case are that vaccination is a violation of bodily integrity of privacy of freedom of religion as well Um, but we also argue that vaccination is experimental and these mandates themselves are cruel and unusual in the sense that they are, um, they, they harm families. And we, we know this because some parents have experienced things like CPS coming to their door mm. because somebody complained about a child being unvaccinated and being homeschooled, for example. Now, I don't want people to be afraid and think that they're going to get a CPS call if they do that. Don't think that. This is rare. However, it is something that has happened. And that is cruel and unusual for a person to potentially lose custody of their child or even be threatened with loss of custody of their child simply for existing in a natural state. And I remember when I was in law school, there was something that really stood out to me and it was in the, our criminal law um, course. They said, you can never be penalized for simply existing. I said, <laughs> of course, that makes perfect sense. And now I actually get to apply that to my current work here for the control group. That's what my clients are doing. They are existing in a natural state. And they're not just existing. They're thriving. These are the healthiest people on the planet. And they're not just thriving. They're thriving in such a way that they have the key to heal the country, to heal our nation. Richard, remember that utopia I was telling you about? Yeah. Where 98%, 98 of the 100 people on your street are perfectly healthy? Right. That's the key. That's the thing we can achieve. And I want people to visualize what that looks like. Because that is the beautiful future that's ahead of us if and when we prevail. 
It's amazing. And, you know, the, another thing that lends the study credibility is it's best when you only change one variable. And exactly. you have all these different people with different lifestyles and different ages and both genders and all kinds of religions and nationalities. Living near cell towers, living yeah. not near cell towers. People eating junk food. I yeah, mean, at the protest the where people, where mothers were there filling out their paperwork uh, and explaining how healthy their children were, their unvaccinated children. Right. They've got their kids are sucking on candy bars and whatever. And because it was the only thing handy to snack on in the area, there was a food truck, you know, and what I came to find out by really getting to know on a broad scale, the proclivities of entirely unvaccinated people, no matter their age, is that they were so damn healthy. They had a, a, they didn't have a fear of screwing up and eating a candy bar or even having a drink or a beer now and then they were like bulletproof and they believed themselves to be. Uh, because they weren't having any health problems and they weren't, they wouldn't fall apart like a diabetic might. It's such an inconceivably strong element in the whole thing. It's, it's exactly. Well, you know, I have limited number of vaccines uh, because of my own family history and just an exposure as a child. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, you know, the government bus pulled up to the school. None of the parents were told this was back in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you you, the kids didn't know they got a lollipop. But, you know, a week afterwards, the the kids were just falling left and right. No, everyone was sick and didn't show up for school. I almost died from my tonsils swelling up so big that it shut off my airway. (laughs) Um, My best friend within a couple of months came down with leukemia. Uh, the parents were up in arms and they fought back and then it became law that you had to tell the parents before you injected their kids at school. But they're reversing that now with COVID. So everybody look out. Um, so and they're using the ice cream trucks again for that. Too. Oh, yeah. The, the prizes and the ice cream and that. Yeah. So um, I've got the privilege, though, of looking around me. I'm almost 58 and I'm. I almost never see a woman my age in as good of health. Almost never. The only ones I see are the ones that are kind of leery about vaccines and avoid them. All the other women out there that are regularly, you know, get your flu shot and get your kids jabbed up. They're all diabetic and their skin's falling off and they got rashes and their face is just destroyed. And and I'm not wearing makeup today. I don't know. You know, go ahead. Look, right. I, I'm. This is what happens when you're 58 if you avoid those vaccines. In other words, it's kind of normal. Is what it, you're saying. For, well, and I have some relatives that are similar. I have a sister that's uh, about to turn 70, an mm-hmm. older sister, and she's one of the oldest. And and she looks great. She still gets cat calls on the street. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, um, and she's not got any health problems. Right. Which she is had it, a few health problems when she was young, right after the shots. She got We're, we're suppo- and, supposed to believe that all the health problems are normal, that you should well, be sick all the time. Apparently, our bodies are pretty good at repairing some of this stuff, at least with the older shots, if you yeah. limit the exposure and stop it. Because yeah. that's the experience in my um, with my siblings. Yeah, that's one of and, the things. And we, we finally know what the number is now. It's 4.49%. Yeah. That is yeah. the likely. Okay, so. So if you avoid vaccines entirely for your life, even if you are above age 60, 
you will have a perfectly healthy life. Sure, you might get an infection every now and then, but you'll heal, you'll heal just fine. You won't have any chronic illness, no cancer, no heart disease, no autoimmune disorders, no allergies, no asthma, no neurodevelopmental disorders. You won't have any of that. There is a, that means there is a 95% chance that you will be perfectly healthy for life. Yeah. I mean, that is extraordinary. so striking. It's hard to even digest that. Well, particularly when you look at the... I mean, uh, not for me, but for most of the people listening. Well, when you look at the numbers for our national statistics, it's it's well over 60% of these vaccine-exposed people that are suffering not just some kind of chronic illness, but we're talking about a 48% heart disease rate. Yeah. 48% of Americans over the age of 18 that have been exposed to vaccines are suffering from some form of heart disease. Something we never saw before is happening to young adults, serious heart disease. And this is before they rolled out the death jabs, the COVID things. And that's compared to how much heart disease in the unvaccinated people? We could not find a single adult with any form of heart disease. Uh, And then when you run the numbers on the sample size that we had of adults that were entirely unvaccinated, you realize that, sure, there could be a heart disease out there over 18 in an entirely unvaccinated person out there. However, based on our sample rate, it's quite impossible, basically mathematically impossible, that the the rate of heart disease in the entirely unvaccinated adult population in America is any higher than 0.01%. And, and this That's makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense because it matches the historical data, meaning the control group, Joy's evidence, matches exactly the historical data. So we have data from, this is government's own data from 1900, and it said what the percentage mm. Of, mm. of people who actually had heart disease in that 1900 population, and it was less than 10%. It's closer to 5%. And if you look today at the number of people who are dying from heart disease, the answer is above 30%. And so in the vaccinated population, more than 30%, so it's 40%. Well, the numbers I looked at showed a 48% rate of some form of heart Correct. disease. And, and, and that comparison I just laid out, in, in the that was from 1900 to 1997. That was the comparison done by, I think, I think it was the CDC. Yeah, it was the CDC. Well, and, 1900, and then we since 97, you get to Joy's answer, which is 48. So that's from 32% to 48% in just 20 years. That is what we're facing with. And so, which is another key point of Joy's evidence, there's a trajectory where you see these increasing amounts of heart disease and autoimmune disease, these increasing amounts of disease that are threatening our nation. Our military can barely staff itself. Schools are hemorrhaging. They are barely functional. And workplaces are also not, we're not, we're just not as strong as a nation. And if we go on this course, especially with autism, this is the end of America. Chronic illness. Yeah, the end right. of America. And right. so that's the, the gravamen. That's the importance of what we're doing here and why it's essential that we prevail in this case. Right. Yeah, our legislators, our judges, everyone's going to have to make a choice now. Pharma or our country. If we must keep pharma around... We must say goodbye to this republic. We cannot keep both. Yeah, yeah. anything it's like one that. Of, now. The, exactly. the, the, problem, the problem that comes up with that is different if it's that people don't know compared to whether it's on purpose. Because if it's on purpose and organized, which 
all of the work that I've done says absolutely it is, then it's not a failure. They're doing what they want to do. Yeah, they're succeeding. The vaccines are very effective. The vaccines work. For soft kill and now warp speed kill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's effective. the real situation. And there's well, it's, only- it's clearly the effect, um, regardless of whether it's their intent or not, that is the effect. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the, the evidence that it's their intent, you know, these are the people who toot their horns the most. They claim to be the smartest. How could they not know? That's right. Yeah, but our role in this battle isn't uh, prosecutorial in the sense of, Correct. you know, sending people to jail and tormenting them and hanging them maybe for crimes against humanity. There are, thankfully, people working on that because it yeah. might be the only way to stop these monsters. Well, it might be. And that's not, you know, the goal is not punishment. The goal is to stop the crime. Yeah. Right? And the punishment may be a side of necessary side effect. Well, my recommendation to everyone that's uh, benefiting in any way from pharma, get out of pharma stock. Right. Find a new career. This is coming to a head now. Yeah, and maybe become a whistleblower from inside. Repent. Repent while you still can. (laughs) Yeah, I think the time is relatively short, you know, from what we see. Yeah, I think that's right. So, so, okay, so, Greg, you described the legal uh, focus as a suit against the president, right? That's correct. A constitutional suit to ensure that the president does his duty to uphold his oath of office and uphold our constitutional rights and stop destroying the evidence. The control group is the evidence. The bodies of these healthy individuals are the evidence that the president is destroying with his vaccination program. Very simply, we cannot do science, cannot do control group science, science at all without healthy, natural people. They are necessary, regardless of what you're studying. If you want to study 5G, you want to study organic food, anything, um, you're going to need a control group. Yeah, I mean, if you have a bunch of rats, you're a scientist and you have a bunch of rats, you don't start the experiment by giving all the rats the drug. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're supposed to understand the difference. So, And, and And so that, I think, is a very winning component of this case. That, um, well, we certainly found it compelling right from the outset, um, which is that regardless of whether you want to claim vaccines are dangerous or worth the risk, you're going to need a control group either way. And guess who the control group is? We are. And therefore, we must exist. You need us. So what's the best way to allow us to exist? Our constitution. It's been working now for over 200 years. Let's keep it going. So that's the th- that's the theme and theory of our case that the, it is the constitution that protects the control group and therefore it is our constitutional rights that we are here to vindicate from whom the president because all roads lead to POTUS. Okay, so if it's focused on the president, that must be the person that you're asking to do something. As we're the- asking for uh, an order from the court to intervene. Uh, to prevent uh, uh, further destruction of the control group evidence um, because na- our national security depends on pre- preserving. And I just wanted to throw one thing out there. We're not just asking for an order that protects people that are pure bloods and have never been vaccinated. We're saying that the only way to effectively protect the control group is to prohibit uh, any form of discrimination uh, that is based upon a person's vaccination status. Yeah, because my so question is, if you stop the, if you stop the president from doing it, 
and all the governors uh, allow their state health agencies to do their own mandates. How does that oh, stop? Well, a court is entitled, empowered actually, to sign a, a nationwide injunction against a certain unconstitutional activity, no matter which state is trying to implement such activity. The, the, so they the can declare it unconstitutional and declare it prohibited. Correct. And the, the effect is very easy because it is through POTUS that all of these local health departments and governors receive all of their public health funding. Yeah, he's the one and paying so them off. If, and so if there was a state, for example, so let's say there was a state, let's say it's, uh, it was Mississippi. And the right. Mississippi governor said, okay, well, we still want to do mandates in our state using our own funds and our own laws. Then what the court order would do is say, okay, but you get no federal funding. And that would be theoretically one way the court could do it. Okay. We obviously want more. We want the prohibition to be against anyone who uses the national vaccine program. Right. Because that Mississippi governor, he is not using Mississippi vaccines. He's using federal vaccines. Oh. They are... They come from the FDA. They right. are, um, you know, safety monitored by the CDC, et cetera. And right. every component of these vaccines is federal. So we want a court order that is federal in character over the whole nation and, and every state and every locality. Okay. I think that's really important. And, you know, we've just gotten started and we're almost out of time. So, yeah. Joy, you mentioned in particular to uh, that we should spend a couple minutes on Dr. Holstead's situation. So you yeah, want to bring um, that up and say how it relates. Um, so Dr. Holstead is actually uh, one of our expert witnesses in the federal case. And I'm actually a bit concerned that part of the reason that the uh, California State Medical Board is so viciously and crazily going after him, and, and they're really grasping at straws to, to do it, uh, but they've mishmashed some crazy theory uh, that he's the head of uh, an anti-vaxxer cult that causes murder-suicide somehow. You talked about and, this last week, but remember, some people are just tuning in. Yeah. And they so may Dr. not know Holstead, what you're talking about yet. So Dr. Holstead is one of the last few doctors in the state of California who will write a medical exemption to exempt somebody from the vaccine mandates, whether it's for school or work or other purposes. Right. And uh, because of that, the medical board's really got a target on his ass. Huge. Right. Um, but it seems it's an especially big target on him at this time. Because um, he's also so, helping you, right? Exactly. And we've got this federal case and he's one of our expert witnesses. So, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't have the evidence that that's why they've gone batshit crazy on him uh, of late. But it, it's certainly suspicious. Yeah, how crazy this whole mishmash, the the way that they try to implicate him in an actual homicide, which, by the way, I'm I'm seriously concerned that it may well not have been the way that they the, the it was a murder suicide between father son. And um, I'm not altogether convinced that it wasn't an actual hit job because it was the only way they could get anything on this guy. Okay, I, but know, ju again, like just to fill in an essential element there, the, mm -hmm. the, the doctor gave an exemption to this yeah, son that you're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So in 2017, Dr. Halstead wrote a medical exemption for a boy. Uh, at that time, both parents wanted the medical exemption. Years later, they're getting a divorce. They're in a massive uh, custody battle, you know, alimony, child support, child visit to everything's on the table. 
Um, and uh, at some point in the, I guess it was in uh, early January, um, the father is said to have murdered his son and then killed himself. And uh, suddenly the medical board shows up at the court and tries to get an emergency order compelling Dr. Halstead to supply that boy's medical records. And it's like, okay, first off, there's no emergency here. According to you, the kid's already dead. Right. Who's, who, what's the imminent harm here, folks? Um, yeah, but they're, they're kind of citing to these uh, headlines that they themselves created that he's somehow involved in an anti-vaxxer murder-suicide cult or some, I mean, it's bizarre. They're grasping at straws. Uh, but they were able to get the mother of this son, who's angry that her son is dead, um, to to sign a release for her son's medical records. Relevance to the murder, I have no idea. It's a crazy, absurd uh, thing. But, but, you know, 2017, he writes a medical exemption. Five years later, a, a perfectly healthy child, apparently, uh, is murdered by the father, and somehow they want to they want to blame put this blame, around blame Dr. Halstead's neck. It's it's right, insane. Right. Um, anyway, so um, that's Dr. Halstead's story. The controlgroup.org, org. Uh, I tried to get him to set up his uh, give send go thing in time for 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 this show, but right. I have to keep pushing about that. But the controlgroup.org, org. If you uh, want to donate to his. He's not just going to be defending himself from the medical board, okay? We have a plan to actually go sue the California State Medical Board. Um, the grounds are pretty damn solid, and we've got to go after them. We've got to get – they're not accustomed to having anyone sue them. I want them to know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah, So that we're the ones with discovery. We're right. the ones with interrogatories and requests for admissions that they can't get out of answering that would be incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be turning the, the the tables on the California State Medical Board, which is a major enforcement arm for these vaccine mandates. They strip us of our doctors that will protect us during these times. And right. so we've got to put a stop to that. Okay. So people can support that by going to your... Yeah. Well, but if you're going to donate there uh, to Dr. Halstead's cause, please do make an, an instruction note that it's for specifically, Dr. Right. Halstead. Uh, Doug Holstead. Right, right. Um, Greg, do you want to tell people how to stay up with your work at all? Is there a way to do that? Sure. We have a website where people can follow along with the case. It's called informedconsentdefense.org. Okay. Our most downloaded document on that website is our pilot survey graphs that show all these comparisons, these numerical comparisons that we've talked about that show the unvaccinated are the healthiest people in the country. This is really critically important. I mean, it's probably the main element that if we had an honest health system would be brought out as something to avoid. I know this is, it's such essential evidence. This is in a, in a good world, this would change the world for the better. And people would start yeah. making the right decisions. And I think that history will show that. I think people are going to look back on this yeah. evidence, this data set, and say, thank God somebody had the foresight to collect this data. Right. Well, right. let's remember, Don Snow was uh, pretty much ridiculed and tormented and had to fight 
uh, to stop those cholera outbreaks. Everyone said he was crazy. The water couldn't possibly cause cholera, you name it. Uh, However, at that time, you didn't have the owners of the cisterns uh, owning the government. Uh, In the United States, we have a, 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 a much more difficult situation the it's yeah it's, it's kind of like influence. big tobacco yeah it's more yeah. than just influence they they're running the ama they're running the medical schools they're running the medical journals they're exactly. running our major health agencies at the federal and state level and they're running our politicians and you've they're got this really donor. criminal um uh mercenary group that is helping the fight against disclosure uh, yeah. called, called the media Big tech and media. Oh, that's right. They own the media and uh, big tech's in bed with them as well. So it's a tough battle, but somehow uh, I already know we're breaking through and we're going to really kick some butt. That's right. Next year. The only thing they have really left is censorship. So they're trying to work. Shut up, everybody. (laughs) Shut up. No, no. There are so (laughs) many new channels coming out that don't censor. If you don't like vaccines, you're a racist. Shut That's up, right. Bigot. That's right. You're not diverse <laughs> enough either. Yeah. <laughs> There's all kinds of things you probably believe in, such as the Constitution and ethics. And Yeah. And if you believe uh, in the Constitution, you must think the earth is flat. It makes you a Russian agent for one thing. But, Russian. Uh, it's you know, Russian propaganda. I think, yeah. Yeah. Disinformation mm-hmm. is what they call it. Um, yeah. I think what's really amazing here is uh, a couple and we. I'm sorry if we're a couple minutes late, but um, just to wrap up, Joy is demonstrating that any of us normal people, without being super experts and, you know, expert witnesses or anything, can use the law to our advantage and can figure out the basics of science, which is supposed to be simple common sense and not, not unintelligible words that have so many syllables you don't know what they mean. That's not supposed to be science. And law is not supposed to be only for an elite group to use. It was supposed to be for everybody. In fact, somewhere, Greg, you probably know the answer to this, but they had a a principle called um, void for vagueness. And (laughs) what it was saying is that any law that the average person couldn't understand couldn't be a law because that would ruin the whole point. Those cases are pretty hard to win. Uh, You find that they... Uh, the most likely successful void for vagueness one is things like loitering. Things like what? Sorry. Loitering. Loitering. The, the uh, as applied challenges where they'll say, you know, it'll be some very general law. Like you're not allowed to loiter. You know, like, <laughs> there, like you were saying, really quick. I'll tell you one uh, set of laws that is not vague at all. And that would be the laws prohibiting the practice of medicine without a license, which includes prescribing drugs. Right. So all these organizations that are doing that, that don't have licenses and can't get them, are perfect targets for that kind of uh, legal action. Yes. Injunctive, even if we can't go after liability, injunctive relief is available. Declaratory and injunctive. Declare that what the state legislature has done here with these vaccine mandates is in fact a violation of the criminal codes. Right. Uh, and so, it must now stop. So you're demonstrating that it, you don't have to wait for a super expert to point that out. You can do it no. yourself. Well, and, look up your state's laws 
and you will find that there are laws in your state and they're criminal yeah. that prohibit the practice of medicine without a license. If you had unlimited free time and the ability to work more than 24 hours a day, you could start a school that woke up people to their ability to use those things. Well, but, first I got to make sure they live. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> that helps everything else. And, yeah. and so you're demonstrating some essential qualities that everybody has that they forgot. And Greg is doing something similar that attorneys can actually work, not just for the highest bidder, but for what's right, that would change the, the whole world. Good. That would revolutionize the world right away. That's the exactly why I took this case, because it is right. This evidence is the best evidence I have ever seen to expose vaccine risk, to calculate vaccine risk. Right. This evidence belongs in court, and we deserve to win. We deserve to prevail, and soon, because so, our nation needs us. So wouldn't it be nice if law schools mentioned the idea of ethics, you know, and, and not just if you can get away with it legally, then it's a valid case. Well, we do take an ethics class in, uh, in law school. And I think the ideals of law school are, are nice. Um, in practice, just like when the one Hippocratic starts, oath. Right, right. Yeah. It's like those, the, those ideals are, are, are good. Um, you know, it's just that the system is set up to favor those who have government jobs and corporate jobs. Right. And that, that unholy alliance between government and corporations has manifested in the love of money. That's kind and, of the definition of fascism, too, isn't it? Government with corporations. Yeah, yeah, when corporations set the, set the rules. They merge. Uh, I think that's fascism. Um, yeah, I, you know, the, this whole thing, the whole... <laughs> The, the whole system is changing. You know, we're, we're witnessing it. People right. are realizing that the media is the enemy of the people. The mainstream media is the enemy of the people. Um, we are the media now. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because we are representing the people. And we are here with the solution. And that solution on this specific issue, which we are now, the folk, which we are focusing on more than, more than others, is right. vaccination. And we are first and foremost here to say, yeah. if you do not vaccinate and encourage your friends and your families, do not take any vaccine, not just COVID. It is every single one. And a key point too, even the things they give you in the hospital, those little eye drips, the vitamin K shot at birth, right. avoid all of it. Yeah, the vitamin K be, shot should be, be called, should be called the aluminum shot. But one of the things that you didn't mention that you mentioned in your bio and I didn't read was that you were really passionate about elements of the organic lifestyle. And again, it's another example of what should be obvious. You know, is it is it really brilliant to spray poison on your food and then eat it? Probably not. Right. Yeah. And there's so many things like that. Or to just eat the poison. I, I cracked up when I saw Indian farmers taking liters of coca-cola and putting a sprayer in it and using it for weed control well it's a lot better than using glyphosate right (laughs) it's probably safer than glyphosate but why would you drink that which kill you know and i actually have used it to clear a drain well somebody had brought a bottle to one of our parties and we never drank any of it so i hid it under the it's pretty strong 
And then one one day, nothing would work to get a drain clear except for Coca-Cola. I mean, to be fair to Coca-Cola and all, not just Coca-Cola, but all the soft drinks like that, if it makes your teeth fall out, you don't have any more dental problems. I mean, you yeah. have to admit that, right? Yeah, it's 100% um, effective. And also, I think it helps to keep in mind that uh, um, Coca-Cola is not the worst thing to come out of the state of Georgia, which is the location of the CDC. I mean, my oh, goodness, that's right. that's what right. makes your teeth fall out is not the worst thing. What are they doing? Yeah. I, and that's the thing. The CDC has lost all credibility. And this is a key point. And I know that a lot of people tend to get discouraged and they see things happening in the world and not seeing yeah, change. But, that's right. um, you know, when you go into court and you're examining a witness, one of the first things that you'll do and you'll spend so much time doing it is destroying the credibility of the witness on the stand. Mm-hmm. And I know that can be frustrating. It can be frustrating for the client to just sit there and say, why are you not getting right to the point? Why did you go right to the evidence? Don't worry. Be patient. This witness is losing all of their credibility. So when we, by the time we get to the meat of this case and the jury hears this person, they're not going to believe a thing that they say. That is exactly what is currently happening with the CDC and Anthony Fauci and all the rest. Their credibility is going down the tubes if it's not already there for, for most people. Right. And so by the time we get to the meat of the issue, which is going to be, you know, all these other vaccines, the MMR, the varicella, from our perspective, it's all of them. Yeah. Um, we win it. Yeah, I th- I think they would agree with you. I mean, if all they have, well, all they have left is not censorship. They also hope to start a nuclear war. And they're, they're thinking that that might be a big enough distraction so that this little thing about vaccines might fade out. But it's so essential to everything because if your body is healthier, your brain is actually part of your body. And it could That's work. That's right. Then. Scientists right. have discovered it's, it's just recently been shown. Yeah. that the shown. brain is connected to the human body. Can you Top experts that? agree. I, not all experts <laughs> agree, but no. most of them now are. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. I appreciate the time, you guys. It's really exciting. And maybe if you're up to it and you have time in the future, you can give us an update on what's happening. So Definitely. I think one of the most essential cases in the world. Thank you. In all history, so yes, that is exactly how we feel, and we are the closest to the evidence. It is that important, exactly. So, hold on, I'm going to say goodbye in the break here. Joy Garner came back from last week and the week before, and she brought attorney Greg Glazer. I hope you enjoyed the show, and it's hard to overstate. I don't think it can be done uh, the importance of what they're doing with the Joy's data that came out of the Control Group project. Uh, really simple, which the best, really deep scientific breakthroughs generally are. And that is that vaccines basically have been doing exclusively harm since they started at the time of Edward Jenner around 1796 or so in the UK. And people have been battling to stop vaccination on and off ever since before 1800. And, and they keep getting reinstated because they're an incredible uh, business model where you get all the money from the vaccines and then you get the money from the diseases that they cause. And um, the eugenicist globalists are really overjoyed because they reduce the population and cause premature death and sometimes quick death in the, in the uh, case of the COVID vaccines. 
So um, these got, these two people, Greg Glazer and Joy Garner, are really brave people and deserve a lot of support. Remember the website that Greg brought up, informedconsentdefense.org, and they need support. So if you can help us spread it, it's obviously the kind of thing that we need uh, help getting past the censors and the shadow banning. And remember, too, that there's a huge amount of data and documents on that website that I just mentioned that are intended to be freely used wherever they'd be helpful for you guys. So uh, anywhere you see they might be applied, Greg was saying, please share as widely as possible. And I think that's really important. This is just one of the most important examples of what's going on in so many areas of our life right now, where we've got people in control positions in government and all through the corporate world and education and media, all these different functions. And they're actually predators uh, involved in some aspect of destroying the world or life in the world. Uh, the whole biosphere is, is under attack, uh, not just through vaccines, but through geoengineering and uh, poison food and water and EMF radiation that's weaponized and sold for telecommunication and other things like that. It, it's all part of the same overall agenda, and people inevitably come to that conclusion if they look deep enough. And so it's a simple issue at this point. It all, it all has to be turned around. And in order to do that, I think it's worth working on it on all levels. But, you know, the protests and the mass noncompliance, things like that are essential. And the people who are leading those things are doing great work. Uh, I always mention David Icke and Chris Guy, but there's a lot of other ones that are great like that. Uh, but ultimately, I think we're going to have to change the awareness of the people who are perpetuating all this stuff and expose it, like Greg was saying, but also there are deeper ways to, and I, I realize this hasn't been demonstrated yet in world history, but I, from everything I've been able to find out, there are ways that we can have more of an impact than we know on having an effect on the perpetrators of these crimes worldwide, and it needs to be done soon. So that's that was the purpose of Planetary Healing Club that you can also get involved in if you want to, or just check it out at planetaryhealingclub.com. And remember, we're on several uh, platforms that don't censor, like Brideon and BitChute. And so far, our blog talk radio has been really good, and they haven't taken down any of our material. And you can stay in touch with those by going to those channels and also... Um, there's a tab on lostartsradio.com that says all things radio, and that has links to many of those platforms. And there's a lot of other free material on lostartsradio.com. And then if you feel value from the commercial free content and you want to help us stay on the air and activate our other projects waiting for funding, you can contribute and donate to our nonprofit that runs the whole thing. And that's, uh, a donate button at lostartsradio.com. There's also a subscribe star link there if you'd rather do that or a mailing address. Any way you want to help is greatly appreciated. 
Um, the main message, though, is like Greg and, and Joy were both explaining today in, in numerous ways, get still and quiet and conscious inside yourself. Realize where you're following things that you don't really even know why. It's part of the hypnosis that's been placed on humanity as a whole. And really the issue, although these critical legal elements like what Greg is working on are highly important, all of us waking up and throwing off the hypnosis is the main one. If we do that, then that starts what I would like to see as a pandemic of consciousness that can spread even to the people that right now are committed to total destruction underneath their programming. They can change too. some of those. Those people are capable of becoming whistleblowers and starting to do good within the system and realizing, and there's examples I don't want to name right now, but um, some of the main high profile doctors that are working so hard uh, to expose the damage from the COVID vaccines were inside the system working for the dark side. And now they're doing the opposite and realizing, whoa, look what I was doing. And uh, Dr. Holstead, who needs help too, uh, and Joy was talking about, and supporting him can be done through thecontrolgroup.org. Brave enough to write vaccine uh, exemptions in California, which is very challenging. And they're trying to take away his license as a result right now. But he was giving vaccines and he realized he was contributing to horrible damage, especially to children as a pediatrician. And instead of um, just giving up hope or continuing to go along with the system and condemning himself, um, he said, no, you know, I, I did all this harm. I'm sorry. And as a result, I'm going to work as hard as I can on the opposite side. And anybody within the system can do that. Even people who are working for the criminal news media, if you get a hold of this video or anything like it, and you realize, wait a minute, it doesn't matter how much money I'm getting paid to lie to everybody. It's not a good idea. It's not good for them. It's not good for me. It ruins my own, uh, if they're aware of the level of consciousness, but it's it's even bad for your physical health to know all the time that you're a cause of mass suffering and death. So if you're in that position and you're hearing this, it, once you change and just stop doing the crime, then it's all gone. It's in the past. And all that matters is what good can you do now? Anywhere in government, anywhere in corporations, uh, any dishonesty, any harmful behavior that you're selling as good. I mean, we've all made horrible mistakes in our life. It's not a question of condemning anybody. You know, it's that we all have the capability of waking up. And this is just the point of the show is to suggest that and to start with yourself. Don't start by trying to convince everybody of, every, you know, to, to change face the hard part you know we have to change ourselves and that's that's more powerful than it sounds because if you do that on a deep level it is contagious and your motive becomes you know i just want to be a good influence in the world and the only way to do that become aware of the beliefs that you're carrying around that are harmful and your own uh 
image of what's impossible at a deep belief level, get rid of that. And uh, if you don't know if something is possible or not, let, why don't we find out by giving it everything we've got? And that's a suggestion for that. So take care of yourself, honor yourself, be true to yourself, come back into alignment with where you came from originally. And we can make this place the opposite of the hell on earth that the rulers want to do right now. So I'm looking forward to your leading that and by doing it in yourself, even if you don't say anything to anybody else about it. It's very powerful. And you can start it whenever you're up to it. If you want to be in a supportive group environment for that project, take a look at planetaryhealingclub.com or write us questions about it or do it on your own or do it with friends or whatever. But start now. We don't know how much time we've got and uh, our whatever remaining hours we've got, days or years are valuable. Make good use of the time. And thanks for giving us your time too. We appreciate you very much. And, uh, we can turn this around. So let's start now. And I'll see you next time. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level. From extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, 
as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the band ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. Leave your fear of the unknown And leave the planet you call home Leave all the thoughts you think you know It's time to let them go Stars and dip your toes in the valley of Mars. Celestial storm in my backyard, and the universe explodes. explodes. Let's see how fast our hearts can go. Cause you and I could be that comet in the sky if we hold our breath. dark days disappear I see the water running clear plans of fate are washed away washed away frozen stardust crystal caves sparkling towers cityscapes is this a dream or are we awake hand in hand through outer space
Cause you and I could be that comet in the sky If we hold our breath, take a leap and close our eyes We could fly, I believe if we try We could fly, like the heroes in the sky We could fly You and I could be that comet in the sky Try